Hello and welcome to the War Studies podcast. I'm Peter Bush and before we listen to the third episode of our expert series, this time on the so-called Islamic State and propaganda music, I'm here with Vanessa Geibsen, our communications officer, and she has an exciting event for you uh, next week. Thanks, Peter. Yes, on the 6th of November, the Center for Science and Security Studies will host an event titled Responding to Chemical Weapons Use. Drawing on research findings from a two-year empirical study on chemical weapons use in Syria, this scenario-based event will provide participants with an insight into the challenges policymakers faced as they sought to respond to chemical weapons use in Syria. And there's also a Twitter site. At KCL underscore CSSS. Thanks, Vanessa. And now the third episode of our experts series. This time we are looking into how IS used music as propaganda. We spoke to Charlie Winter from the International Center for the Study of Radicalization about this in March. Welcome to Experts, a podcast series produced by students in the Department of War Studies with interviews of academics, bringing you new perspectives on war, conflict and the media. I'm Peter Bush, presenting the hard work and research of my third-year students who are taking the module called New Wars, New Media, New Journalism. Today's episode is produced by Adalmina, Chiara, Hannah, Josh and Eva. This podcast is on the so-called Islamic State and their use of music as propaganda. There has been little research on music and propaganda despite its huge significance. Counterterrorism expert Charlie Winter provides an important contribution to the field through his research. But before we dive into the specifics of IS music propaganda, Adalmina will provide us with a brief history of the changes that war propaganda has undergone in the past decades. Propaganda denotes the publicly disseminated information that serves to influence others in belief and or action. It is often of a biased perspective used to promote a particular political cause or point of view. States have relied on propaganda as an effective weapon in war which goes beyond physical destruction to engage instead with psychological terrain. It is hence often referred to as a battle for hearts and minds. One of the earliest pieces of evidence of propaganda comes from Greek literature where Alexander the Great was conceived of as a legendary hero through myths and tales. For the centuries that followed, warring parties spread their political messages through traditional publication tools like newspapers, pamphlets and letters. Art also played a crucial role in tying these messages to local cultures, from sculptures and temples in Roman times to political cartoons and posters in Nazi Germany. Across this broad variety of forms, music offers a richer format through which to convey the propaganda message and can readily reverberate from the battlefield to the home front through rhyme, repetition and rhythm. The early use of marching songs and drums played on mobilizing soldiers' sense of collective identity and scaring the enemy through sound. A report from the Anti-Defamation League suggests that, in the 21st century, racist and anti-Semitic rock music has become the major recruitment tool and source of funding, most notably for right-wing groups, but also terrorists. Music has here been able to thrive through its casual and recreational format with which to embed political messages. Music has indeed proved a dynamic and effective medium for strategic communication. Now Josh will talk to us a little bit about 
how this relates to the Islamic State. The Islamic State, or ISIS, is a militant organization that emerged as an offshoot of Al Qaeda in 2014. It is largely made up of Sunni militants from Iraq and Syria, but has also drawn thousands of fighters from across the Muslim world and Europe. This is partly due to ISIS' modern approach in utilizing effective propaganda tools, such as the creation of their own music in order to promote its causes and religious fundamentalism. ISIS, throughout their growth, has been successful in utilizing music as a key propagandic tool, particularly through the use of nasheeds. A nasheed is a work of vocal music, usually sung a cappella. It usually does not contain instruments, as Islam prohibits their use, except sometimes for basic percussion. The material and lyrics of the nasheed usually make reference to Islamic beliefs, history and religion, as well as current events. ISIS utilize anashid, the plural of nasheed, as a way to motivate, unite and celebrate their cause. This has been demonstrated through the publishing of a nasheed following the aftermath of the Paris attacks in 2015, an attack ISIS claimed responsibility for. Since then, ISIS have been playing nasheeds from cars in towns they control, on the battlefield itself and as a key soundtrack for their propaganda videos. It is important to note, however, that ISIS has since lost significant influence in the form of territories. At its peak, ISIS controlled 88,000 square kilometres of territory, stretching from western Syria to eastern Iraq. As of nearly 2019, however, only 1,000 to 1,500 militants are believed to be left in a 50 square kilometre area near Syria's border with Iraq. Consequently, this has impacted ISIS's propaganda. This forms part of Charlie Winter's research, who is an expert in terrorism and strategic communication. I sat down with Charlie to get a better understanding of the use and production of Anashi. Of course, we've talked before, propaganda mm -hmm. is one of your major topics. Uh, when it comes to IS, you're really looking into, into the, the real stuff, what they produced. And when we now talk about uh, music, there are Nasheeds, or they're called Nasheeds. Um, one that is apparently very popular is called My Uma. Dawn has appeared. Mm. Have you ever listened to this one? Yeah, I have. The Anashid that the Islamic State makes, it has a, a specific outlet that's devoted to making this music. And um, so the Ummati Qadlahad Fajran, the one that you mentioned at the beginning, that is an Ashid which is about how wonderful life is in the Caliphate and how there has been a new dawn for the religion, made with the intention of pairing it with scenes of utopian life in the Islamic State. So kids playing, rivers flowing, Uh, When you say pairing, you mean pictures also? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So playing it with a video track. There's a, a whole menu of nasheeds that they have access to that are selected to on different functions. The output that they have, some of it is very abrasive, made with the intention of pairing it with violent scenes. Probably the more famous one is Salila Sawarim, which means clanging of the swords, which is focused on kind of inciting emotional vigor and, uh, ahead of battle. And it's, it's a very famous one, which is is preferred probably by Islamic State supporters at the moment. But that may be a reflection of, of where they are in terms of the, the caliphate project. So they are quite specific in, in that they are, I mean, they're different in this. The, the music is a cappella, basically, because the, it's a particular interpretation, if I understand correctly, of, mm. of Islam, that they don't use music. How are they different from uh, the use or the, the way this kind of music is used by other extremist groups? So there's essentially more money, more time, more resources uh, have been put into it by the Islamic State than other jihadi groups. So Al-Qaeda, they have their own anashid as well, but they're fewer and further between. And also Al-Qaeda is more open to using anashid that have been made by Islamists outside of its particular um, sphere. 
whereas the Islamic State will only ever use its own material. And that, that's a broader difference in how each group approaches uh, communication. The a cappella thing is interesting because it's born of the, the interpretation of Islam that the Islamic State has, but they stretch the meaning of a cappella. You can't use percussion, you can't use wind instruments or anything like that, of course, but you can play with people's voices using a synth machine to, to give a nasheed a particular bass sound or using mortar fire or something like that in the place of percussion instruments. So they, they do kind of stretch their own rules a bit, but it is a unique sounding thing. It's always funny when they try to branch out into different languages. So there's been a couple of English language nasheeds, uh, a couple of German ones, um, and a few Russian ones, and it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Uh, and I don't know whether that's because the people who are making them aren't as good at it, but they they just they don't have the same ring to it. And I think that's because the, the Arabic language nasheeds are part of a much uh, longer cultural history of a nasheed, um, whereas a German language one is kind of an aberration. Uh, similarly, an English language one it doesn't. It's not folding itself into trends that already exist. So does it also foster a sense of community? Uh, I think so, yes. Because of that idea of these are Islamic State and Ershid, they are part of the history of Islam, they are part of the culture of Islam, they are representative of the Islamic community at large. And, and that is a constant message that the Islamic State is trying to send, even if it is only representative of a tiny, tiny, like the, the tiniest decimal point of a percentile of the global Muslim population, it doesn't care. It wants to show that it's the one true Islam, quote unquote. So these are one of the ways that it does that. What do you think uh, makes an appeal of an Ashid, even on an international level? So the Arabic uh, Ashid are published as audio files and also as standalone poems. So the underlying text upon which the, the, the song, if you like, the, the musical version of it is based, in Arabic tends to be better. It tends to be more complex grammatically. It tends to tap into more metaphorical values and connote more things, try to embed itself more within Islamic history. And that is something that the Islamic State is very, very keen on doing. But also they're catchy. So the, the, the melodies are repeat again and again. So to an extent, if the Islamic State wants one of its anershid to be popular, it will just decide that it wants it to be popular and play it all the time. So use it every day in their daily radio broadcast. Use it every time they produce a video, a high profile video, they'll keep looping in the same nasheed, that kind of thing. And uh, so repetition, rhyme and rhythm. I mean, do, do you know who produces these? I mean, do we know the authors or the musicians? So no is the, the short answer. The Islamic State is incredibly opaque when it comes to all of its propaganda operations. So we don't know who the producers are, we don't know who the people narrating are, we don't know who the photographers are, we don't know who the uh, directors of the whole machine are. But there are certain times where the identity of, of someone will become uh, apparent because they've either been killed or they've been captured. When you now think uh, for, from, from a countering perspective, I mean, how can, you, how can you engage with this? Can you engage with this from if you want to do something about the popularity of these tunes? So I don't think it's been tried. I don't think anyone should try it. The reason for that is I think it 
I generally don't think that the Islamic states should be undermined or that that governments should try to undermine the Islamic state by producing counter narrative content to to throw back at it. It's kind of like using a single counter narrative to try to undermine an entire counter culture, which is a ludicrous idea and just don't believe it works fundamentally. The few times that it has been tried with video content so far has mainly been bad and ineffective. But if someone were to try to do it in a kind of nasheed or pseudo nasheed format, I think the possibility to go awry would be much more prevalent in, in, in basically all directions. As you said, uh, most of it is spread online. Mm. Is there at least a way to do something about it, to decide, oh, this is now too much, or this kind of tune can't, yeah. can't be allowed anymore, or yeah. we, sh we tell YouTube or wherever you can find them to take it down? Yeah, so algorithms are ruling the roost for the internet these days in terms of propaganda dissemination. It's very difficult for a group like the Islamic State to circulate content on any of the big platforms like Facebook or Twitter or YouTube these days because they are using algorithms which... They are, like, the way algorithms work, having a, uh, a very regular, um, unchanging approach towards audio tracks is, that's like an open goal for an algorithm. The Islamic State has logos on all of its stuff, uh, and it positions the logos in exactly the same place every time. And that, that is also, like, canon to an algorithm, because that regularity, that ability to recognize a media product based on the kind of structures within which it sits, means that it's very easy to detect. So if you were to develop an algorithm that recognized all of the Anesheed that have been produced by the Ajnad Foundation, which is the Islamic State's Nasheed producing unit, then that would, in one fell swoop, mean that all of that content could be identified, presumably removed very, very easily. So the strength of the Islamic State brand has kind of been its undoing as well, because it's It has a very strong brand with a very recognizable set of logos and audio identifiers and all that stuff. And that means that not just humans can recognize it, but, but computers can too. And before I let you go, now that the IS is sort of, well, declining or mm. non-existent in parts, at least not territorially, has the music changed in any way? Yes. So the last few Aneshid that have been produced have been all about forbearance and steadfastness in the face of, uh, of tribulation. They've been about how the Islamic State... So the Islamic State's big slogan back in 2014 was um, which means remaining and expanding. Um, now it's just there's no tatamadad. The Anashid and Baqiyah means remaining. So the Anashid have also kind of been recalibrated to fit that brief. The Islamic State may not have a territory anymore, but it still remains very much in existence. And that's the, the key message which is being publicized across its propaganda, and actually being one part of that. Thank you. Thank you. As Charlie Winter said in the interview, IS Anashid have been innovative and IS propaganda has been unrivaled in recent times. Eva will now look at Islamic State's unique and effective approach, examining music techniques and lyrical effects. As we've seen, most Ayas's Anashida are a cappella, often consisting of harmonies and layered voices to provide a fuller sound, with technology like synth machines regularly used, diversifying the male singer's tone and pitch. Also, sounds such as stomping soldiers' feet, crowds cheering and weapons, including stuttering gunfire, have proven effective alternatives to percussion. 
Whilst IS have their own propaganda department, self-appointed members have been vital in sharing music propaganda online and using technology to develop Anashid, for example by creating remix versions. Trap and electro remixes by acts called things like ISIS Step Online have helped attract Western audiences. Simple songs, chants and shouted slogans are often catchy and mastered instantly and are heavily used by IS, alike other groups throughout history. IS Anashid containing soothing sounds are often used to convey utopian communities to try and recruit more followers, yet, as Charlie Winter points out, Anashid to boost morale for battle are most popular considering IS's current struggles, demonstrated by the popularity of the Nashid, Clanging of the Swords. This Nashid opens with the sound of swords being drawn. Henrik Gertrude argues that the sword sound effect here symbolises purity and nobility and reflects how Ayah seeks to connect its jihad to old Muslim warriors from more glorious times. Key lines within the Nashid refer to the importance of bravery, martyrdom and resilience, such as the line, the path of fighting is the path of life. Men sing in different octaves and in spiritual sounding harmonies and the chorus is repeated four times, making the Nashid particularly memorable. IS music techniques are thus crucial in making propaganda more effective. Now Hannah will compare how other non-state actors use music to ultimately create a group identity. Music has several functions for non-state actors, namely in the formation of a group's identity. In comparison to other groups, the Islamic State differs in that it has attempted to garner a global audience by producing Anashid in other languages. Despite the attempt to branch out linguistically, the final product lacks the same potency as Arabic Anashid, which are perceived as time-honoured cultural identity markers synonymous with Islam. Though not sung in Arabic or considered Anashid, the Kurdish Workers' Party employs folk songs to create a resilient Kurdish identity in light of historical bans on the Kurdish language in Turkey. The group also uses traditional instruments. Hezbollah has also positioned music at the forefront of its identity project, However, unlike the PKK, Hezbollah's focus on the content of their music rather than its fidelity to traditions. The group often sing about Palestine. Anashi drawing on jihadist poetry appeared to be written to define an identity in distance to Western social and political concepts. This said, Anashid functioned in a similar way to music employed to create resilient national identities, where unifying symbols are established through music or musical instruments. It is argued that written Anashid are designed to speak more to the heart than the head and to inspire a sense of being engaged in some great work. In this respect, the psychological clout of Anashid is pertinent given its intense emotionality. The connection to God is significant to establishing group identity where victories are attributed to divine blessings. Anashid have clearly played a crucial role in Islamic State's propaganda. Chiara will now give us a few examples of how states and civil society have tried and failed to effectively counter it. Little has been tried to counter ISIS propaganda, particularly when it comes to music. The US Department of State has been posting anti-ISIS videos online. However, the project, called Think Again, Turn Away, has been widely criticized. For some, it provides jihadists with a stage to voice their arguments, while at the same time being less rhetorically effective than ISIS videos. Most importantly, it lacks sensitivity towards Islamic culture, as showed, for example, by the use of background music. Whereas the Islamic State videos, as we have seen, use Anashid, the Department of State videos feature instrumental music, which only superficially resembles them. This significantly undermines the video's appeal to some Muslim viewers, which sometimes even perceive them as offensive. 
As a consequence, a more comprehensive understanding of the Islamic State and particularly the use of music is essential if Western governments want to effectively counter its propaganda. Another project aimed at reclaiming the message of Islam was founded by the Team Reclamation Studio with the aim of producing 70 web episodes to discuss Islam's relationship with violence. However, projects like this are not nearly enough. The immense amount of ISIS propaganda produced makes it very difficult to formulate an effective response, also because extremism is often the result of a wider society's failure to further a sure sense of belonging. As the Vice President of the Middle East Research Institute, Alberto Fernandez, has claimed, it takes a network to fight a network. What counter-propagandists really need, he adds, is a strategy that includes a wide range of approaches and tactics, including humor, distraction and, of course, music. The importance of music in the creation of effective narratives and counter-narratives seems evident. More academic research into Islamic State's deployment of music and its propaganda is desirable. As Charlie Winter has highlighted, we need to know what the messages are and how they are disseminated and to what purpose in order to effectively counter IS propaganda. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Experts. It was produced by Adelmina, Chiara, Hannah, Josh and Eva. Thanks a lot for listening and do check out the other episodes in this podcast series. Goodbye.